Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Football today. There is no tomorrow. We're set for kickoff at 12 o'clock right here on College Football Today. Brought to you by Beck DSI, Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci going through all the top 25 action. We went through a a number of games. Going to talk about a Pac-12 battle between Stanford and UCLA. Rich, Stanford's won 10 straight over the Bruins since 2008. But more importantly, they've won the last five by 17.8 points per game. I can't buy into UCLA, even though they got the win over USC. Give me KJ Costello. I'll lay the seven points on the road. Stanford wins in this ballgame. I uh, couldn't agree more. Uh, one of my best bets of the day. Best? Yes. yes. Yeah, it, it is. I, here's the thing. I, I think Stanford needed that unexpected bye week. I mentioned it with Cal. Good time of the year to get a week off physically, emotionally. I, Stanford needs that. Watch and see if we get a, a big game from Bryce Love. I, I think he wants to send one more statement to NFL scouts. This could be his opportunity, two weeks off to, to heal. You mentioned K.J. Costello. Stanford has the better defense. And I, I, I like UCLA because they beat USC last week. That, to me, was, that was the, the win that Chip Kelly needed. I think now coming back a week later, knowing there's no bowl game, th- their bowl game was last week against USC. This week against Stanford, I think they're going to be flat. I think they succumb to Stanford. Cardinal big. Yeah, I agree with you. The one thing I think why I like Stanford, even though they're a one-dimensional offense rushing for 108 yards on the ground, Costello stepped up 63% completion percentage, 23 touchdown passes, and the weakness of UCLA is in the secondary, giving up 236 per game. So I like Stanford in that battle. We'll see how that plays out. It's a 3.30 kick or a 7, seven o'clock kick uh, later today. I think it's a 3.30. That is I think it's a an early 3 kick. o'clock. 3 o'clock kick. It's 12 o'clock on the West Coast. Yeah, that's an early kick for them. Usually that game would be yeah. at night, so uh, that's intriguing. We'll see how that game plays out in a few hours. Turning our attention to the other Pac-12 battle, in-state rivalry between Arizona State and Arizona. Arizona State did get this win last year, 42-30. to I know Herm Edwards and Manny Wilkins have stepped up. They've had some critical wins But I think I have a hot quarterback here in Khalil Tate that over the last three weeks has passed for 12 touchdowns, only three interceptions. He's thrown for 833 yards. I think Arizona somehow, some way gets off the schneid, that that egg that they laid last week, dead wrong on them against Washington State. They step up as a small underdog, get the outright win over Arizona State. Well, the one thing I'll say about Kevin Sumlin's team is uh, significantly, everybody's better at home, but they're a much better team at home. Four and two at home, just one win on the road. That tough effort against Washington State was uh, was in Pullman. So now that they're back home, you know this is a really good rivalry. This one doesn't get a lot of attention because these teams are typically not competing for a Pac-12 title, certainly not for national recognition. But this is a really hotly contested game yeah. between the Sun Devils and the Wildcats. I'm going to lean towards Herm. I think it'll be a close game. That's why. That's why I'm not calling this as a best bet or something that I would bet my money on. But I I think ASU has just done a better job this year of having consistency on the offensive side of the ball, better weapons with Manny Wilkins, Eno Benjamin, Nikhil Harry, and defensively, the pressure that Danny Gonzalez can create, I think that'll cause a problem for Khalil Tate. Now, again, this becomes a question mark because five and six for Arizona, someone really wants that bowl game. He needs it. If enough of these five five and six teams lose... 
I'm beginning to wonder if we're going to have enough teams that actually qualify for the postseason. Yeah, and if you're not up for this ball game, when will you be up? Oh, I, mean, I think I, they will be. Yeah. I think they will be. Here's what I look at too: two, three, three guys. We said Tate over the last three games, he's averaging 277 passing yards per game, going up against that secondary for Arizona State, playing a lot of redshirt freshmen. So that's the matchup. But uh, Shoe Brown and more importantly JJ Taylor. Yeah. This is an offense season. I mean, averaging 199 yards on the ground. I think the speed of Arizona is the difference. But more importantly, how about this? Over and under 64. Give me the over yeah. in that matchup. I mean, yeah. they don't play really that much defense no. for Arizona State, and Arizona is going to look to push tempo. And, and and if you're able to catch this game, it's a three thirty game. You you may not. You may have you know be someplace else. You might be Alabama Auburn at that yeah. point. So you know you may not be catching this game. But if you do, in terms of pure entertainment value, because of the weapons that are on both of these teams, the lack of defensive strength. Just purely from an entertainment standpoint, rivalry game, I think this will be a fun one to watch. Well, here's one that I get wrong every year. Not get wrong, I've just lost some hard Is it Clemson, South Carolina? No, it's Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin, Minnesota. I can help you with that pick yeah, today. Yeah, well, okay. Wisconsin's won 10 straight, mm-hmm. but they've dominated the last five by 17.9 points per game. Every year, they put this spread right exactly where Wisconsin wins, except last year they blew them out 31 to nothing. Here's the thing I look at. I'm taking Minnesota. They're catching 11 and a half. I'm rowing the boat, Richie. Oh, you I'm really? rowing the boat. You're going to row it right off with of a t- cliff. With Tanner, <laughs> Tanner Morgan. I'm taking the Golden Gophers. They probably lose, but they cover this 11 I and a half I think that number. line is too low. <sighs> I think, I, listen, Minnesota's been an awful offensive team, awful team on the road. Wisconsin has dominated this yes, series. I you know, know. I, Minnesota, Minnesota, I tried Minnesota last week. I it know. didn't work out. I got, I got hopped up over the <laughs> Purdue win, and all of a sudden they were just. But that's the problem. They were terrible. They're terribly week. inconsistent. I know. That's the. That's I, I think horrible. Jonathan Taylor has a big day, and I, I think Wisconsin walks out with Paul Bunyan's axe, which, which, which might be one of my favorite. All-time trophies, Paul Bunyan's axe. There have been weekends here where I wish I had that. I would club you right in the head with Paul Bunyan's axe. (laughs) The last time that I think Minnesota won the Paul Bunyan axe, I think they had, if I'm not mistaken, Marion Barber. They had guys like uh, 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 Marenzi. Uh, Lawrence Maroney, excuse me. Lawrence, <laughs> Gabe Morenci. Lawrence Maroney Gabe as Marenzi the running back. I couldn't, I, I'm having, I, I woke up, Gabe uh, I woke up a, very early. Not the last time Minnesota won. They had Marion Barber I think, and, and um, I think Paul Bunyan was in high school the last time that, that they won that award. Well, it's how long it's been. been close. Here's the matchup. Obviously, Wisconsin's averaging for around 277 uh, with Jonathan Taylor. Minnesota giving up 170 rushing yards to opposing offenses. They're going to need to slow down the tempo. Can't get into a shootout. They're still not built that way under P.J. Fleck. But give me the 11.5 points in that ball game. You talked about Clemson, South Carolina. It's a 7 o'clock. Can night. I throw out one more statistic for Go Paul ahead. Bunyan? Yeah. <laughs> you seem disappointed no, in me. I'm not. Um, Minnesota road games lose by an average of 23 points. Wisconsin at home winning by an average of 20 points. Yeah, I, Camp I think, Randall too I, I think it's in that sort of, I think it's like a 20 point game. I, I think this line, this line should be about two touchdowns. I know it should be. I just look at two Wisconsin. They got that victory last week against Purdue. It was overtime. They had a fight to come back. They expended a lot of energy. I look at Minnesota. They didn't step up against uh, Northwestern. Maybe Minnesota has more to gain, too, at 5-6. and six. Like last know. year, if you watch this game last year, he threw in the towel. I mean, they fell behind Tahunabrook and the crew. He had a very methodical offensive game plan. He wanted. He didn't want to win in the second half. Didn't even try and win he that He was rowing game. with one oar, is what you're saying. <laughs> rowing with yeah. one oar. He's yes. just going in a circle. Correct. But I think they step up. This is year number two. More expectations under P.J. Fleck. Here's one game I'm really on. I know we're bucking heads here before Clemson, South Carolina. Tennessee and Vanderbilt. Yeah, yeah. Vanderbilt's won the last two by 14.5 points per game. But listen... Jeremy Pruitt cannot lose this game to Vandy. They're five and six overall. They laid an egg when Garantano got hurt. Chris is in. I don't care. Better defense. This is a team that won on the road in Auburn as an 18-point underdog. Not going to fear Derek Mason and the Commodores. Outright win. Tennessee goes bowling at six and six. Uh, Tennessee against the spread outside of Knoxville this year. Want to take a guess? Doesn't matter. Look who they, who they play. I outside. hope it doesn't matter because they're a perfect three and zero. 
They have yet to not Doesn't cover matter. on the road. Yeah. I think this is the first time this year. I just think Vanderbilt's a better team, a little more offense, more consistency at quarterback with Kyle Shermer. Yeah. Big game for he's, him. He's played in well. Front of scouts. Touchdown passes. Yeah, you got Lipscomb on the outside, yeah. right? Kashawn Vaughn at running back. I, I think it'll be a close game. That's why I can't play it. Close rivalry like games. games. I like this though. But tonight. both five and six. And again, like that's what I love about college football is that when we're watching Tennessee Vandy today. In another sport, at a different time, you'd be like two teams under 500. Right. Who cares? But the passion, because it's a rivalry game and because they're both looking to play in the postseason, I think that'll be a fun game. I think it comes down to the wire. Give me Vandy, though. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's a 4 o'clock kick. I think that game's on SEC Network as well. So It is. Yeah, and Jeremy Pruitt's done a, a fantastic job. He's with ahead of defense. schedule as well, he is, Joe. He is. He is ahead of schedule. And there was more talent there that Butch Jones just didn't coach up for that program. Big battle in the ACC and SEC between number two Clemson and South Carolina. Will must chump. And the, and the crew on the road in Death Valley. Clemson's won five straight in the series by 22.4 points per game. Picked up this victory last year, 34-10. to 10. That was when Kelly Bryant was the quarterback. I think Clemson wins, but I like Jake Bentley with the big number here. I can't. This is another game. I mean, I, it wouldn't shock me if Clemson won by 60, but give me the points in this ballgame. Yeah, I, I, I think you're thinking the right way. It's a rivalry game. South Carolina's played modestly well. Concerns for this game, uh, Joe, Jake Bentley's worst games of his career have come against Clemson, as has been the case for a lot of opposing quarterbacks facing that front seven. The speed on defense is going to be difficult. 25 feels like a lot of points, even though Clemson last six games all by at least 20 points struggled early last week against Duke and then just turned it up. I don't think there's any look-ahead concern, no. only because, yeah, it's the ACC title game next week in Charlotte, but they're they're waiting to face Pittsburgh. So I don't think Clemson's looking ahead to that game. You know, you might need the back door for this one. I just think that a a good, solid South Carolina team getting 25, I say give me the points. Well, he, Trevor Lawrence completing 64% of his passes, over 2,000 yards, 21 touchdowns. You look at the defense for South Carolina, giving up 193 rushing yards per game, 219 to opposing quarterbacks. But I go back to that matchup uh, against uh, Florida in the Swamp. They were up by 17 points in that ball game. Let that game slip. Because of the rushing attack of Perrine and Franks on the perimeter, and that's why I give the edge to Clemson with Etienne and Feaster to win that matchup. But at some point, it is a rivalry game. If Duke could keep it within the number last week, they lost by 29. Yeah, you would have to think South Carolina could make enough plays to keep and move the football on a Clemson defense, only giving up 90 rushing yards per game. Well, and, and, and I'm glad you brought up Florida, because my takeaway from that game, Joe, is that South Carolina has the talent to stay with Florida. They don't have the maturity right now to close out games. And that might be what we see in the first half of this game. Even if they go, you know, kind of hang with Clemson for a while, certainly don't expect the upset. But I think they have the talent with a veteran in Jake Bentley, with a DJ Wanham on defense, Debo Samuel on the outside on offense. That might be enough to keep this game competitive, maybe lose it by three touchdowns. I would be a little too antsy knowing that, you know, at any time Clemson could just put their foot on the pedal and take off. But if I'm picking this game, I'm taking the points. Yeah, I am too. We'll see. It's a seven o'clock kick. I, I just hope some of these rivalry games yes, like Alabama are close. Auburn are close. I agree. We see some competitive matchups because at the end of the day, you might not get the outright win, but you still yes. want to be able to watch into the fourth quarter. Well, and, I mean, and I'm glad you brought up part of the problem. Anticlimactic in 2018. I we're at least for this season. I hope it changes. I do too. But I, I think we're getting the gap between the haves yeah. and the have nots. The haves being the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Michigans, and the Clemsons and so on. The haves and the have not gap is really wide. Yes. I mean, you know, like last weekend, I have been saying all along Notre Dame's going to lose a game this season. Now that we're down to the final regular season game for the Irish, I don't think it happens. But earlier in the year, I'm looking and I'm saying, you know, at some point they're going to choke. They're not. I mean, I know. you know, they took care of Syracuse last week. But they're not because the other team. You look at the Notre Dame schedule at the start of the year. Oh, they have Stanford. They have Bryce Love. They have a veteran team, David Shaw. Okay, that could be a loss. USC defending Pac-12 champions. The road. That, could, that could be a loss. Syracuse. All right, Syracuse is tricky. You know, when you look at some of these games, though, Florida State. 
Oh, Florida yeah. State, you know, new head coach. Of I forgot, Chad. yeah. Forgot you know, seven State. and six overall. That, uh, you know, that's going to be a tough game. And then everybody's a mediocre football team. You have uh, you have a bunch of elite college football teams, maybe nine or ten that can compete on any given Saturday, and then you have sixty others that are five and six and five hundred. Exactly what I was going to say was, you know, if you go from one to ten, you know, maybe even like one to five, but you have some really good programs from eleven. To about forty, anybody the, can knock the off. The gap anybody. is not that different. If you yeah. give me, if you give me a Mississippi State, you know, good solid program. Give me a Utah on any given Saturday. Yeah. Those teams are all vulnerable, and they've proven it. Some of those teams have been great on one week. Some of them have been awful. But the gap between five and everybody else is wider than I've seen yeah. in a very long time. Yeah, and that's why I have to admit, even though my picks haven't been that great over the last couple of weeks. I, I want to be able to see competitive football games. and I hope you're right. I hope today on Rivalry Weekend. like see, give, give me something. And, and again, Show me heart. That's why I latched on to that Virginia-Virginia Tech game because that was, you know, we're talking four and six yeah. versus seven and four, right. I think. You know, so you would think like, oh, you know, that was high drama. Yeah, the kids came. I mean, they were just landing punches in the second half. Those, those young offensive players, great one-handed yeah. catches back and forth. I'd like to see a little bit of that from the big teams today. I know, and that's the thing. I mean, at the end of the day, if we do have some major upsets, there'll be chaos uh, across the committee uh, with only one week to go with conference championships. And some of these teams will not have the opportunity to redeem a week 13 loss. So the pressure's on teams like Michigan, teams that want to be bowl eligible, teams like Alabama, even though they've dominated, they need to win. When we come back, we'll be breaking down Miami and Pittsburgh. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi, Ritz Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci live from Studio 34 right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. And boom, we're off to a blazing start. Ohio State up 7-0 on the Wolverines. Dwayne Haskins touchdown early on. We'll get an update for you. And Georgia did break the pay dirt with a 7-0 lead against Georgia Tech. Jolisi, Rich Sermonello, Gabe Morenci. This is College Football Today, brought to you by BetDSI. Great matchup in South Florida later today. Miami, Pittsburgh, Hurricanes have won three of the last five, but went into Heinz Field last year undefeated and came out, Rich, with a 24-14 loss that knocked them out of the college football playoff. And the Hurricanes did lose three straight from that point on. But if Miami has any heart, any, they step up today with Mark Richt and the crew, make adjustments, even though their leading receiver, Jeff Thomas, has been kicked off the team. Give me the Hurricanes to cover this four-and-a-half-point number later today. This is a tough trip for Pittsburgh. Uh, think about what they're facing. They, they've been one of the darlings of the yeah. ACC this year. Pat Narduzzi uh, probably will earn a contract extension and a raise. Uh, they're running the ball. Kenny Pickett, the quarterback uh, who led the upset of Miami last year, doing just enough offensively. I don't know how Pittsburgh's winning, but they're just winning. And now you've got to go to South Florida the week before one of the biggest games in recent history for Pittsburgh football. You get a crack at Clemson in the ACC title game. So 
I, I don't know if you're going to get 100% effort from Pitt today. I, I Pitt's the better football team they because are. Miami's been too inconsistent, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But defensively, Hurricanes number three in the country airtight defensively big win last week against virginia tech they can exhale a little bit they got their sixth win so they'll be bowling i like miami i would stay away from it because this is one of those motivation games joe that drives me crazy because i don't know how badly pittsburgh wants it and i don't know what miami has left in the tank either so i would steer clear but if you want my pick it would be Miami. yeah and that's why i like miami because motivation this is the team that knocked you out of the college football playoff for the most part. I mean, they we don't know the type of effort. Granted, we thought Clemson was the better team, but they came out flat in that ball game, laid an egg, and then they got blown out by Clemson in that ball game. I'll just say this: thirty-one total sacks. They're still holding opposing offenses to thirty-one percent on third-down conversions, and this is still a pit team that's a one-dimensional offense, averaging yeah. two seventy-seven on the ground with Olison and Hall and Kenny Pickett as an offense. Twelve touchdowns but they're only averaging 155 yards per game. And there's been a lot of rumblings I read in the paper that board of trustees do not want Mark Rick to call the plays moving forward. So a lot of rumblings. You need to win this game, Miami. We'll see how that game plays out. It is a 3:30 kick a little bit later on. We'll turn our attention to the Big 12 battle, Oak State and TCU. Oak State stepped up. They were down early to Will Greer. They got me the outright win over the Mountaineers, uh, they committed turnovers early, but they stepped up, ran the football when they had to. TCU is just too inconsistent for me, even though they played well in certain games. I still like Oklahoma State here. Give me Taylor Cornelius and Hubbard and Justice Hill. I like the Cowboys in this ballgame. And and Cornelius might be doing enough to at least get an NFL look. I, I don't know if and where he gets drafted, but... Very impressed by his athleticism last week. Threw the ball well, but also ran, you know, as as well. I mean, this is a kid who was a track and fielder back Mm -hmm. in high school, so he has some athleticism. He's done some nice things. To me, though, Joe, after the emotional victory, the emotional upset, now you go on the road, you're safe, you got your sixth win, TCU does not. I just think there's more motivation on the TCU side. Horn Frogs are five and six, OSU six and five, TCU getting points at home, needing a win to get to the postseason. I'll take TCU in the points. I like the Horn Frogs. I'll take the over. I mean, Oklahoma State's won three of the last five by 19.6 points per game. Don't love it, but I'd rather take the over. I still lean to Oklahoma State in that ballgame. I mean, it's Big 12 football, so, I mean, uh, you know, Big 12, anything can happen. It's 85 points a game. Uh, you know, TCU's been one exception. They played a low, lower-scoring game uh, and got the victory against Baylor last week. They could play some defense. I'm just not sold on the quarterback position. It's a revolving door. Yeah, they're banged uh, up pretty good. I mean, Robinson, Collins, Mulestein. I mean, it's it's been going on and on and on. Uh, and when you don't have uh, Turpin at the wide receiver position, still puts a lot of pressure yeah. on your offense uh, in that ball bad, game. Bad year in, in Fort Worth. I mean, uh, I don't think anybody expected TCU to be this ineffective. The wheels have come off. Uh, and again, I mean, if you want one more shot to to get over 500 this season, you got to beat Oklahoma State. Yeah, how about this game? We talk about lines. I mean, the last five Holy Wars have been decided by 4.8 right. points per game. I know Utah's playing well, but they have they still have Jason Shelley at quarterback, who's a freshman quarterback. How is this line 13 and a half? I mean, yeah, I mean, based on the history, and, where do they come up with it? Well, I mean, BYU can't score. That's part of the problem. And and now this team, Tanner Mangum, uh, I mean, he's got to be, what, he's up for Social Security pretty soon? I mean, how old is Tanner Mangum? 100? Uh, he's, he's, he's probably like 34. He's an octogenarian he's quarterback, <laughs> Tanner Mangum. He's been around forever. It's time for BYU to move on. Offensively, they stink. Now you go up against Utah, one of the better defenses in the Pac-12. I'm thinking Vegas sees that as the problem, that BYU's going to have a hard time getting to 14 points. But, you know, again, when you talk about passionate rivalries, hated rivalries, this is the holy war. And to your point, which is exactly where I was going to go over the past decade, these games have traditionally been very, very close. And then factor this in, guys. Yeah, Utah, this matters, but Utah still plays next weekend. Right. They, they face Washington and yeah, Santa Clara to rest. for the Pac-12 title game. So, yeah, of course you want to beat BYU, but I think there's, you know, 
BYU is going to play with absolutely nothing to lose. Their season is over, so there's no holding anything back for next week. Next game for BYU is in September or the spring game. Utah still has football to play. They want that Pac-12 title. They want a spot in the Rose Bowl. So that's too many points for me in a rivalry game in this magnitude. You bring up backups. This is Jason Shelley's first game in this rivalry. It's Armand Shine's first game in the rivalry. Give me the points. I yeah, like he's BYU. He's a redshirt freshman. I mean, the one thing I look at is is BYU as an offense only averaging uh, 155 rushing yards per game, 199 through the air. This still is a Utah defense only giving up 90 rushing yards per game. But Utah still doesn't want to get into a shootout. Again, you want to score first, put the pressure on Shelly to match you score for score because they have a better, more consistent type of offense. They have guys like Covey at the wide receiver position, and they just have the ability to play catch up. So that's why Utah is the more lethal team. But... You're still talking about a BYU defense, which only given up 127 rushing yards to opposing offense. And that's a fantastic point because now you have two backups. Utah's down to a backup quarterback, backup running back. Zach Moss is not there. Tyler Huntley is not there. We've talked all season long. We don't love Utah wide nice. receivers. So, yeah, BYU is going to struggle to score, but... I think Utah is going to struggle uh, struggle to score too. So this might be a game that looks like I don't know twenty three fourteen. Got to keep an eye out for the weather in that matchup as and well. That might because, be because that we might contribute saw Washington too. too. I, I haven't yeah. looked at a weather report, but keep in mind if it's rain, if it's cold, if it's if, if snowy, it's in, yeah. snowy in that matchup. I don't know. Nobody saw this coming. Georgia up fourteen nothing early on Georgia. Tech. We got them. Just, we're playing <laughs> possum. Are we? <laughs> We're playing possum with, with the Bulldogs. Unbelievable, these Bulldogs. They, they're so inconsistent, too. I mean, I, this goes back to just the parity issue. I mean, it's, this is a rivalry game. They went right down the field like there was no defense. You know, a defense that's allowing 50% on third down conversions. In order for Georgia Tech to get back into this ball game, they're going to need to establish a drive and run the football. Michigan f- fell behind 7 to nothing. They trail 7 to 3 in this ball game. Another intriguing- don't, don't you feel like that's going to be a classic, Ohio yeah. State, Michigan? I, I just think that's going to come that, right down to the final minute. That game doesn't scare me as much, but when you're Georgia Tech with the triple option, of course. now you're out of your game plan. Oh, yeah. Now you're forced to pass to come from behind. This is where it becomes tricky because this is how you beat the triple option you jump up early but now you have to be patient this drive is critical because if they can't get away from running the football it's obvious now they can't stop georgia you need to get a consistent drive continue to run the football shorten the game to to give them any chance because if they fall behind 21 nothing it's over. We lost. If we had a trivia segment to the show, mm-hmm. I would love to know. I don't know the answer, by the way. Okay. I'm going to have to look it up during the break. But when was the last time a Georgia Tech quarterback was drafted? Now, obviously, they're, they're in, in the midst of... Was he? Was yeah, Gossi may have been. Was that Gary George, or George? George. Yeah, George, George I don't know if he was drafted. With, with I'm going to have to look it up. Reggie Ball? Was when was Reggie? the last time a Georgia Tech quarterback was drafted? Because I can't even remember one... You know, usually, well, you know, you know usually you'll say like Mike Tom Phipps Luganville and, was the quarterback at Georgia Tech back. Now he's on the sidelines. Yeah, His father ESPN. was the coach. Al. He, yeah, Al Luganville. And yeah. then he transferred from Western Kentucky. Al was also to, an XFLer. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that was that. those are the quarterbacks that come to mind for Georgia Tech. Take a look. You yeah. know, take a look in the break and let me know. Yeah. Reggie Ball would be one, but I don't think and, he was but, drafted. But if he was drafted, he would have been drafted as an Seth. athlete, too. He wouldn't have been drafted as a traditional quarterback. Drafted, though. Yeah. He might have been a free yeah. God sees the only guy that comes to mind early go, go on. The, if I you can, have the answer, guys, go to the message boards or uh, yeah. DM Joe or I and yeah, uh, let we'll us see. know. Last Georgia Tech quarterback uh, drafted. Yeah, well, Northwestern's won three straight over Illinois by 22.1 points per game. Give me Illinois. This is a rivalry game. They're allowing 274 rushing yards per game, but the strength of Northwestern is on Clayton Thorson's arm. This is an offense that's only averaging 108 yards per game. Northwestern dominated this matchup last year. I believe it was 41 to uh, 42 to 7. But give me the Illini. They're playing better. This is a rivalry game. It's under 17 now. I think they strike the upset. Yeah, well, that, that would be interesting. And, and, and it wouldn't be shocking because Northwestern has been up and down all yeah. season long. I hate to keep bringing up the look ahead, but, you know, when you have Northern, uh, when you have Illinois coming in against Northwestern, you're a heavy favored, favored by more than two touchdowns. And then what's looming next weekend? 
Next weekend is either Michigan or Ohio State for a Big Ten title. That really matters to Northwestern. Change. That's a program changer. That is a program changer. And, you know, Northwestern is, is changing on the fly because yes. they have invested money into their facilities, spectacular facilities in Evanston. Huge. So they're, they're, they're not only investing in that football program, but they're investing in keeping their coach there. Because there are a lot of programs, maybe even the NFL, that would want Pat Fitzgerald. But now Pat's more likely to stay because they're putting money into the program. They're making it possible for Northwestern to win Big Ten titles. So I, I think Northwestern has visions of Indianapolis dancing in their head and not so much Illinois. So I would take the points as well. Yeah, here's the thing. You mentioned the resources and the facilities. I mean, that's that's what it takes now. They got their guy. They got a guy who's bought into the program in Pat Fitzgerald, understands the culture because, uh, let's face it, he went to a Rose Bowl when he was there, faced USC and, and Keyshawn Johnson in that ballgame. So that's when Gary Barnett was the head coach. They understand what it takes to win. And you look at a team like Rutgers. Now, if Northwestern could do it from a, 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 in terms of facilities, that's what it would take for Rutgers to get it to the next level and keep these kids in state. Maybe maybe some booster will step up at some point. I, you, you're not going to do it organically at Rutgers. You're no. not going to just, uh, out of the goodness of high school players' hearts in the area, they're not just going to go to Rutgers. There's absolutely no reason why you would go to that program if you're someone that's, you know, getting offers and you know, you know, you, you and I are New Jersey residents. We know what it's like there. You know, if you're a three star and up, you're getting offers from all around the country, uh, teams in the big 10, SEC, ACC, PAC 12, big 12. I mean, there's kids from New Jersey dotted all over the country. How many small States could you say that about Rutgers is just not able to get enough of those kids. And I don't think it's going, I just don't see the dynamic that's going to change that. I really don't. Well, here's the thing too, when I look at rebuilding a program, because Pat Fitzgerald had a team that was 10 and three last year and uh, people wrote him off. Their total in, in Vegas was six entering the year. Now he's in the big 10 championship game, whether he wasn't it or not, they made it to the big 10 championship game. It's progression. There wasn't a slippage. We've seen too many programs that where they lose the quarterback, they lose key components. There's a slippage in terms of the play on the field. And there's certain programs like Baylor and Matt Rule, they're going in the opposite direction, coaching the talent up. And that's the mark of a good coach. So when you see these elite head coaches like a Jimbo Fisher at seven and four in the first year and other guys, that's what you want to see in terms of progression on and off the field. Well, let me ask you this, Joe, since we're talking Northwestern and Big Ten, um, you know, it's seven days away. I already can't wait till championship right. weekend. I think if Northwestern's going to pull an upset they're they have a better shot against Michigan. They do, because, I think because the speed, Michigan's is, is a more of a blue-collar team. Yeah, I, I think it fits the style of Northwestern. Northwestern's a little more methodical, pro-style offensively. They don't score a lot of points. Uh, they have an immobile quarterback in Clayton. They need a low-scoring game, which they almost pulled off. Remember, they had Michigan yeah. on the ropes in Evanston earlier this year, I think back in October, and darn near upset the Wolverines, handed them their second loss. I think they lost 20-17 to 17 in that yeah. game. Uh, Ohio State on a indoors on a fast track against Northwestern that would concern me if it winds up being the Buckeyes against Northwestern I think Ohio State could run away Michigan that could be the kind of game that you know what we're keeping it close and let's you know one big play we could win this game yeah it's going to put a lot of I'm telling you if Michigan wins this ball game today and they're down seven three. It's no give me that they're in the college football playoff because this is a team that they defeated by three points in Evanston. Right. Don't think if they fall behind early on or in the first half, if it's a toe-to-toe battle, they might say to themselves, holy cow, we're in a game. Yeah. You know, and, and I agree with you in terms of Ohio State. When you have a, an explosive wide-open attack that can run, even though they're not consistent like they were last year with Dobbins and Weber, and you have a mobile quarterback in Dwayne Haskins that can put pressure on the perimeter of a defense, that, that's asking a lot from kids that aren't five-star recruits. Yeah. I mean, you know, this isn't a dominant, this isn't Penn State, this isn't Michigan State, this is still Northwestern. And that's why I brought it up, even though statistically holding opposing offenses to only 127 rushing yards per game, there's still kids that are two and three stars as opposed to four and five stars. And yeah. that's why I agree with you in that battle. Hold the horses. <laughs> George Deck. 100-yard kickoff return. 
For Tech. Yes. Oh, that helps. They returned 100 yards on Rodrigo Blankenship. Well, I mean, listen, so, you're going to need something unusual. That's, a, it, that's, that's what they needed. That helps. Say. Yeah. And here comes Georgia right back. The Georgia Tech oh, 46. Jake Fromm. <laughs> Jake Fromm looks like Joe Montana matriculating. Well, I'll tell you, and I know we're going to a break, but listen, if Georgia rolls today, it's going to make a lot of people start to think next Saturday in Atlanta, maybe this team's peaking at the right yeah, time. Maybe they, maybe they can put a scale into uh, into Alabama. Yeah, quick update on that Florida game. Florida got into Florida State territory. They did not convert. It's no score with about a minute left in the first quarter, but Florida on the move again, so we'll see how that game plays out. When we come back, it's best bet time. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci taking you right through to 1 o'clock. This is College Football Today. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. are back on college football today uh, a little before one o'clock 12 o'clock games have kicked off want to be the next daily fantasy millionaire i know you do and if you do try dailyroto.com for free this thanksgiving weekend that's right free advice from fantasy millionaires free daily fantasy projections and free access to everything you need to absolutely dominate NFL DFS this Thanksgiving weekend. So don't be a turkey. Head on over to DailyRoto.com and enter the promo code TG18 to access your free five-day trial. That's DailyRoto.com, promo code TG18. That's free for five days. Uh, I don't pass up on anything that's free, especially (laughs) if it's going to make me money. So DailyRoto.com, promo code TG18. Joe, you want to talk best bets? Yeah. Why don't you kick it off for us? Let let me kick it off. I'm going straight with the top. We have Georgia Tech. They're down 14-7 to against Georgia. Like Baylor, they're in a a battle with Texas Tech. uh, Seven up in that ballgame. I like Miami laying the four and a half, five over uh, Pittsburgh in a revenge type of situation. Give me the 11 and a half points with the Golden Gophers. They might lose, but I think they cover this number against Wisconsin. Illinois, I like them with the points. Also like them on the money line in this ballgame over Northwestern. I think they're a live dog. I know the Holy War is a very close game. Give me BYU with the points, and I'm taking upset city. Give me USC. With the points on the money line, somehow, some way, they they recharge their innermost L.A. Rams the way they were on Monday night. They saw 100,000 screaming for the Rams. They say that could be us if we knock off Notre Dame yeah. Saturday night. Yeah, maybe maybe there's like a little L.A. after effect. Love. Yeah. Little, because nobody's been cheering yeah, for, I, for I Yeah, I, I don't see it. I I don't see it at all. Like Quickly, uh, my 12 o'clock games, the ones that have kicked off, I agree with Joe on Georgia Tech. I just don't agree as wholeheartedly as I did an hour ago, now that they're down 14-7. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have Florida. I think Florida I think Florida will wear down Florida State. doesn't matter to you now because it already kicked off. Hopefully you have the Gators. Uh, other games, Stanford over UCLA. Stanford with the break, that extra week off helps. UCLA after upsetting USC, I think they're gassed. They got their big win for the season. They got their bowl game for this season. So I really like Stanford to run away from uh, Joshua Kelly, Chip Kelly, and UCLA. Give me Wisconsin. I want that Paul Bunyan's axe. You'll get it. Even give me a replica. Just not going to win it by 11 I want anything. Could you imagine me back at, back at the manse? 
with Paul Bunyan's axe chopping wood this fall for the family as we put him on a fire. How sweet would that be? Oh, How man. popular would I be with the neighborhood Very kids? Very popular. All right, I'm going to be popular too because I think Wisconsin rolls over Minnesota. Joe, yeah, wanna... Joe's going to be rowing that P.J. Fleck boat. He's well, going to be rowing it right off Niagara Falls. I'm doing an audible. Not an audible. I'm you can audible. I, I want you to audible. I'm sometimes you're too rigid. Go ahead. I, I'm audible. Go ahead. It's not on the list. I've already talked. I Go like ahead. Tennessee. I think Tennessee, I really like That's them. the best bet. Yeah. I do, because okay. I look at this game and I say, he's coached his defense up. And, right. and it's no longer, you know, we're not second fiddle to Vanderbilt and Derek Mason. I'm going to write I that mean, in. I'm going to write, write that, that in. Tennessee. Tennessee plus their catch. What are you getting? I think they're at three and a half. They, they need to win the game. Take four. I'll take pick them. You know what? It's I'll the take, holiday season. Yeah, Why don't you take four? Pick I took them on the money line. All right. All right? I'm going to give, give you I four. I really like Tennessee in that battle. I Listen. If you lose to Vanderbilt for, for three straight years, you're losing the it's recruiting not a good sign. war yeah. to Vanderbilt. I mean, I don't think Jeremy Pruitt will let that happen. It's a good education. Even, it's a good education out there in Nashville. And yeah. James Franklin took that to catapult to the Penn State job. But Derek Mason in trouble if he loses? I think he is. Five and seven? I think he is. I, yeah. I, did you watch that game against Ole Miss? Yes. Uh, okay. The, he, that, that call against A.J. Brown, the touchdown in the end, I mean, that was a touchdown. The game should have still yeah. been playing on. Yeah. I, 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 very, and that's another thing as well, not to go into it. Very inconsistent referee calls this year, not just on touchdowns, but on uh, targeting, on, t- uh, on pass interference across the board. Big 12, ACC, it's been horrible this year. Uh, especially, did you see the targeting with Virginia Tech, yes. Virginia? Yeah. How could you not make that call? Yeah, that, that was on Ricky Walker? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, clearly he speared him in his head. Yeah, and they and it was a holding call. Yeah, yeah, it was an offensive was holding hor- call. I, I mean, remember it. It yep. was horrible. I mean, we talk about protecting the player safety. Quick updates: Michigan uh, driving now on the 13-yard line of Ohio State, uh, and Georgia 21 to seven now on Georgia Ooh. Tech. Right. Florida on the Florida State 12-yard line, third and four in that ball game. One more update. Syracuse up 14-7. to Gabe was on them. They're starting fast against Anthony Brown and the crew. I mean, uh, probably a hangover for Boston College, the way they lost that battle. I mean, there's no way you allow one-on-one coverage, no safety over the top in that ball game against DeAndre Francois. So we'll see. I mean, I, I want to say this about about – Topics on Monday. If can I can I finish my best bets? Oh, go ahead. Um, people are probably waiting for my best bets. Oh, so yeah. I want to make sure that I didn't know. Them. I thought you had them. No, no, I didn't. I didn't finish oh, okay. them. Yeah. Uh, Stanford. Uh, no, you don't have to apologize. Stanford. Uh, Paul Bunyan's act stays in Madison. Wisconsin rolls. Uh, I'm with you on BYU. I I like BYU. I don't think there will be a lot of offense in this game. In a game of poor offenses, rivalry game, 93rd Holy War. Give me the team getting more than 10 points. I think out of pride alone, Kalani Sataki has to deliver. He could be in trouble as well. Um, Kentucky minus 17. We didn't talk about Watch the demolition of this game. Louisville has come. Louisville packed it in about a month and a half ago. Kentucky, here's, here's the mindset, guys. Kentucky has struggled down the stretch. I don't think they want to go into the postseason you know, working off of fumes. They, they want the lasting memory of this great season for Mark Stoops and the Wildcats, Benny Snell, Terry Wilson, Josh Allen. They, they want to have an exclamation point. They don't want to just kind of stumble into the postseason. I think they absolutely throttle Louisville as the Bobby Petrino era officially uh, came to an end a while ago, but now it's the season is over. Uh, I disagree with Joe. I'm against them. I, I often fail when I go head-to-head with Joe, but I think Notre Dame obliterates USC. I, I think USC has already, they're in 2019. I don't think these are kids, by the way, that want a postseason game. Yeah, could I'm be. not sure USC is like really dying to have another game with what will probably be an interim head coach. Uh, and finally, I'll take LSU. I don't love it as much as I did at the beginning of the week. Texas A&M is live. Texas A&M is live, and they really want it. But give me LSU, better defense, and maybe just enough out of Joe Burrow. Yeah. Uh, again, you're basically talking about a pick game. It is I mean, a pick which mean, is unsettling. these games, I mean, yeah. under seven points. I mean, here's one game, uh, 7 nothing NC State over North Carolina. I don't have a strong feel for Dora. Could be on the outside looking. I think at, he's uh, done. He's done, too. Yeah. Who do you get for the North Carolina job? I actually think, Joe, it's a good job. When, when, you, I, I, when I think of jobs, I think of a few things. I think of recruiting territory. They have it. 
Uh, facilities pretty good. The one thing they don't have is they're not a strong tradition. You know, you want to be someplace where there's a strong tradition and a great fan base. It's a basketball school, and when they're down, it feels like a basketball school. This year they're down. Last year they were down. But but it, like here's here's my thinking too. I think Larry Fedora is a good coach. I do. No, he is. He had success he there. He's done well with Born quarterbacks. Out is welcome. You know, did well with Mitch Trubisky, yeah. Marquise Williams, um, but maybe he has worn out his welcome. Well, maybe it's time to move on. They had problems when Chizik went back uh, from As a coaching. DC. Well, yeah. he went back and then he he left that program. They had some defensive issues yeah. when he took the fan. You know, he wanted to spend time with his family and took it with uh, ESPN. Now he's an, an analyst. But you look at North Carolina in terms of heritage. I mean. Really, when you think about North Carolina as a whole, I, I, they've had some success. But Mac Brown was it back in the day with Oscar Davenport. Think about, Davin, think about all the great Davenport. players. Think about all the great players. You know, Peppers, Julius Peppers. Yeah. You know, about, you, you've had some. Chris Keldorf. How about uh, Amos Lawrence? <laughs> yes. You know, we, you know, we, Jonathan the, the Linton. Running backs that they've had. Gable loved that. Jonathan Linton yeah. from the Buffalo Bills back in the day. Who is the who is the running back Bryant that I'm thinking Kelvin of? Bryant. Kelvin Bryant. Right. I mean, yeah. Ethan Horn. Ethan Horn. It goes on and on. I mean, no, we're talking years ago. That's no, but they still have NFL how, players. How, they they have players that are going to go to the NFL. Willie yeah. Parker. Yeah. Willie Parker was probably the most I want to say. Well, right? Yeah, Mitch Trubisky from the quarterback. But I'm talking about when you say like you know elongated NFL career. He was basically a you know, late-round draft pick for Pittsburgh and came on and had some fantastic games. But really, he wasn't a, a, an all-ACC running back when he was with, uh, no. w- with uh, North Ton, Carolina. Listen, tons of good defensive linemen. They've come up with some good defensive backs in recent years. So there's talent. And in that part of the country, you know, the Tidewater area of Virginia, the coast, North Carolina, South Carolina, that's a place where you could recruit an awful lot of talent. So I, I think that's actually a pretty good job. I just don't know what direction. Lawson. They could. I think, yeah, Lawson, yeah. It could I be. think if you're North yeah. Carolina, you want to. I mean, he's got the in. He's got the recruiting landscape. He's already done well in in the area. Yeah, South Carolina, North Carolina. Who are you really going to get in in, in terms How, of North well, Carolina? Could you possibly get Brent Venables? And would you be interested? That's a great point because could I you heard get a, last night. You know, I told you Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. Yeah. Could I you would take North could Carolina? You, could you go for a young coach like a Neil Brown? You know, you do, can, do you go just, Scott Satterfield at Appalachian State? Now he's he has spent his entire career and his playing career in North Carolina. Does he get elevated to Chapel Hill? Yeah. Here's the other thing I think when you look at Venables, we saw Chad Morris go to SMU, and now he's back in the south in the Southwest with Arkansas, doing Terrible. great, <laughs> doing great, fantastic, great job late yesterday catching twenty three and that a half. That was a smoke the, show. Yeah, it was horrible. Horrible. He's terrible. He's looking there. We didn't talk about Missouri. Dumb as a stump. But I got to be honest with you. Barry Odom's done a great job. He has. I mean, Barry Odom now. And listen, you hope that they can keep the momentum because, you know, our our picks when we get to bowl season are going to be hinging to some extent on who finished strong. That's a program. Missouri is about as is about as strong going into the postseason as anyone outside of the teams that are competing for, you know, playoff berths. I'm not them in Texas. So two I I mean, if Texas knocks off Oklahoma at ten and three, that's a very successful season. I mean when you talk about Texas, first over in terms of a Vegas win total in six years for Texas with that win yesterday. They they didn't go over six years dead under six straight years for for Texas they were under the win total R- yep. really yep wow one of the only teams in FBS for six straight years wow so that, I, yeah. I mean that when you look at no that, listen to Tom Herman's them, doing a good yeah, job yeah. and, and Matt we, Campbell and you know yeah. the other teams and, and you know like for me personally it's fun I love talking coaches you know executive decisions. Um, you know, some people call it the silly season. I don't think it's silly at all. I, I think if you're making four or five million dollars and you're underperforming, you know, I mean, you know, we're making four or five million, yeah, and when we, five when, million, right. when we underperform, they boot us right yeah. out the door. <laughs> I mean, so I mean, if it's good for us, it should be for those coaches as well. Well, two two players, two games I have my eye on today. Baylor up thirteen to ten over nice. uh, Texas Tech, but Charlie Brew is a guy. I know McClendon was there, but he's a, he's really a difference maker next year. Keep your eye out for Charlie Brewer. He's going to be one of the most dynamic quarterbacks. And if Kyler Murray stays as well, two guys that you have to keep an eye out on 
within the conference because he's not just a runner. He makes solid decisions, but he plays like Baker Mayfield a little bit. He's got a strong arm. Some I think clutch moments this year, and too. And he's a gutty kid that's not afraid to lead his team. So that's what you want to see. Seven apiece, Purdue, Indiana. It's another intriguing battle that's uh, going to probably go down to the wire. And then Michigan did kick a field goal, 7-6 to six now. Uh, and they did uh, hold Ohio State on downs, so they're first and 10 on the 50. We'll see how that game transpires over the next couple of uh, hours. I think uh, when I cut you off to get the rest of my picks in, I think you were going to start saying, come Monday, what's, yeah. what's the story? I think line? it's Harbaugh's one, Harbaugh and Meyer. Harbaugh and Meyer Yeah, I, I think that dominates. I, I it, It's all Ohio State-Michigan, which is good news and bad news. I expect it to be because... It's one of the great rivalries in college football, and there's so much at stake from the division to the Big Ten right. to the playoffs. But I, I, I hope there's like a 1A. I hope there's something else because it might be somewhat routine. If everybody holds serve and dominates, you know, if Clemson rolls South Carolina and Alabama torpedoes Auburn. And Notre Dame. Torpedo. And Notre Dame takes care of Right. If that's what happens, but, you know, if Notre Dame does lose, then we need to have some something. kind of playoff I wouldn't even call it chaos. It's not like I'm looking for Armageddon, but I do. I would like if there was some kind of debate. Yeah. Because once, guys, once we go into championship weekend next weekend, I hate to tell you, there's going to be some huge lines there, too. Oh, forget it. Because, you know, the East Division of the Big Ten is going to be heavily favored over Northwestern. Uh, Clemson's going to be laying at least 24, 25, maybe, maybe upwards yeah. of 28. Depends on what they do today. If they roll yeah. South Carolina. It might be 28. The, I mean, against Kenny Pickett. I mean, they have yeah. no... This isn't the same offense that they had with Nate Peterman, yeah. you know? I mean, Wake Forest up 14-0 on Duke, so we're looking good there. Catching. We had that. Yeah, we, we had so that. So we're looking good there. I mean, Newman's. this is a kid, too. Newman! <laughs> you talk about coaches that, when a quarterback goes down, we saw yeah. Mackenzie Milton go down yesterday. Uh, what's UCF going to do with Josh Hypo, right? Yeah. Well, Matt Campbell lost uh, Kyle Kempf last year. He then started the year with Kyle Kemp that got hurt again and Zeb Nolan. Well, here comes Brock Purdy. Yep. You know, and now. Oh, I think it says a ton about a coaching staff. What about Dave Clawson and and Wake Forest? Hartman goes down. He had some injuries. Hinton was suspended at the start of the year. Didn't really hasn't even played. Now here comes a freshman quarterback in Newman. Oh, he leads them to a road win against yep. NC State. And now possibly another road win against Duke, a Duke team that is solid. Oh, yeah, especially defensively. I completely agree with you. Um, you know, and, and this was a year that Hartman took over. It was supposed to be Hinton, and Hinton was suspended at the that's, beginning of the year. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. John Wolford was the quarterback last year, so you were basically starting over this year. So, um, yeah, I listen, I, I hope we have something to talk about. I mean, if I, I'm heavy on Notre Dame today, but... You know, the fan in me will be rooting for USC because if Notre Dame's out of the picture, then all of a sudden Big 12 title game becomes... Big 12 title game is probably the most interesting one next weekend, right? I mean, is that by far? Yeah, because it's Alabama, Georgia, you know. Yes. Alabama, Georgia. But Oklahoma, Texas, I think, has a chance. Alabama, Georgia? Seven? No, higher. Fifteen? No, lower. Twelve. I think all of a sudden we're playing the old. Uh, uh, I, I mean, it sounds like we're playing card it would have sharks. To be more than a, a card sharks. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Under and over. I would. I would think. I would say they make Alabama. I think it's uh, I think a hint on. I, I, I think, think it's north of ten. Well, then I. I if I'll say eleven. Get even money. I would say anywhere eleven and a half, twelve. That would, that would be okay. under two touchdowns, but over a yeah, touchdown. Obviously, Alabama-Georgia will be big news, but I think in terms of just the entertainment fan perspective, Kyle Murray with a chance to avenge the early loss in Dallas against Texas, Tom Herman with a shot to win a Big 12 title and go to a major bowl game. That game, the likelihood that it'll become a track meet, uh, that game, I think, is the one that'll be most anticipated. Fans on Friday night are not going to pay it. Th- you you want to give any picks for Friday, by the way? Because we have Utah, Washington. I like Washington, by the way. Yeah, I would take Washington as well. Shelley's the difference going up against yeah. that secondary. Don't know game. what the line is at this point. Yeah, but, but I, I, would take, I, I would take Washington. Washington will be favored. I'm going to say they're going to be favored probably around a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe eight. Less? Maybe oh, okay. eight, yeah. Jake Browning, senior quarterback. Yep. For Ritz Sermonello, Gay Marenzi, I'm Joe Lisi. Have a great weekend, everyone. Enjoy the games. We'll see you on Championship Saturday.